0: Tuesday. Hope you guys are doing well today. It is me, your host, Prince Abe, whatever you may know me as. You know, normally I would say how are Sean and Bari doing, but if you listen to last week's episode, you know what their thought is on that question. So I'm just let it be. You know, I'm I'm not. I'm not even going. I'm not even (laughs) going to waste my time. I'm not going to ask them. All I'm going to do is say this. You know, we're joined here by Sean and Bari. And we're just going to jump right into it, right into it. And the first topic of this episode, episode six, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, shout out to episode six. The first topic of the episode is the Dallas Mavericks. Now, we all know that the Dallas Mavericks have a generational talent in Luka Doncic. However, that is not enough to give Dallas another title. They cannot expect to repeat. The twenty, th- the twenty eleven success of Dirk and the team that he had then—that is not going to happen in this day and age. Personally, uh, so Bari, I'm gonna start off with you. What is it that you think the Mavs need to do in order to really just go from being a threat, a potential threat of of maybe knocking out a team in this first second round, but to an actual like, yo, this is a team that can get to the Western Conference Finals
1: and can actually have a solid position to get to the finals from there. So Dallas is an interesting case to me, at least Um, Their team's obviously trying to center around Luka Doncic and, and what he can do and his amazing abilities as a playmaker um, and as a scorer also, but defense is key into things like that in, in seven game series. And even as teams start getting used to Luka as a, as a star player in the league, every time they see him, they know what he's going to do. They know how to defend him better. But uh, outside of Luka, his help, it's been underwhelming. Um, I think they're 20th in points per game this season. Uh, Dead last in points in the paint. It seems like they're dead last in fast break points also. uh, 27th in, in assists to field goals made ratio. 18th to assist a turnover ratio. They're just not overall a good team. They're role players. If we're looking at players like Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Bullock. They traded for Wood in the off season. They recently signed Kemba, waived uh Campazzo. They they're making moves. They know that they're not a good team right now. They're especially not good considering where they want to be. But in my opinion, Dallas. I I don't know if this is a controversial statement to make, but I think Dallas just attempted to contend too early into Lucas career just because of how good of a player he is or could be. Um the the best move I think they've made was hiring a, a competent coach like Jason Kidd and, and he's definitely, you know, made them a, a better team and and successfully stared them in the the post Rick Carlisle era, but but they have a lot of glaring issues. Um there's no there's no second playmaker in my opinion dinwiddie's just not that guy anymore and and we've seen where brunson went he he took the bag and left uh their bigs aren't feared <laughs> you know what i mean we're talking about a, a javel mcgee christian wood rotation that's just not feared in this league right now honestly um it, i can i can go on and on um there's i have no confidence in dallas winning a championship with a, with a roster that looks anything like what they look like now um and and them winning a first round matchup entirely depends on health and who they're playing i mean shit i'll leave it at that like you don't want your playoff hopes your championship hopes to go through one player like even if you look at the blueprint of of dallas's championship in 2011 2011 2010 in 2010 um, it just it it was a Dirk led team, but we're talking about extreme like efforts from Jason Kidd, who was old at the time or older at the time, Jason Terry, Sean Marion. I'm starting to catch blanks now, but it like it was it Tyson Chandler who was a uh, playing like defensive player of the year, tapping all those offensive rebounds back out. Like it, it was a, a yeah. group effort. The, regardless of if Dirk was the driving force, who which they all knew. It was a group effort, and you never felt like, "Oh, Dirk's just gonna beat the other team tonight, and that's why Dallas is gonna win." No, it was a lot of reasons as to why Dallas won, and they won, and they played interesting sets to to go along with that and play defense. and And today's Mavericks it's just is just not not on pace. Like they're just not on pace to to scare anyone. I don't think everyone in the league knows Luke is good, and 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 while that is a is a fact, I don't think anyone fears him.
2: So. The question is, what do they need to do for them to be a uh, title contender, right?
0: To be oh. perennial threats, where it's like, it's not just, oh, you know, last year, what they did to Phoenix. I, I feel like, well, one, it's we famous. all know how everybody feels about Phoenix. But at the same time, if Phoenix was to get upset, Dallas being the one made sense because Luka's that guy. But... Yeah. That's that's not enough. That's not going to win you a title. <laughs> you, that's that's yeah. that, that's not. Good. What can you do to become perennial threats like the like you know we'll talk about the, mention the Bucks, the Celtics, the Warriors, um, even the Suns. You know the Heat teams that can constantly get like all right if they go to the finals, it makes sense they they can get there. What can the Dallas Mavericks? What can Mark Cuban and Co. Oh, what can Jason Kidd do? What can Luka and them do to get to that status? So,
1: it's a
2: few things. So, one, obviously, you know, like, Luka doesn't have enough help. And you could argue he's had pretty good help. They just wasn't able maybe to flourish. Um, I'm not saying, like, amazing talent. I'm not saying that. But Perzingis has been pretty good for the Wizards um, since he's left. Um, and I know that was something he complained about where he wanted to actually be more involved in the offense. Um, Jalen Bronson, obviously he's doing the Knicks aren't that good, but he's been doing pretty good as well. Um, so obviously besides them getting more talent, because I remember when they got Wood, I wasn't moved by that because defensively he is terrible. Um, he's not even really great on the boards. And I remember I actually when the move happened, I thought he was going to have to come off the bench because he's such a liability on uh defense. And to my knowledge, yeah, he, he hasn't started a start game for them. Um, so the biggest thing for me, besides the roster, obviously, just getting like they, they need, they need, cause they have a couple defensive players, but they need someone that can also create. But the problem I feel like for that is it reminds me of James Harden. Like, can this style of play really win? And I've always said no. Um, even, even, for example, with, with, um, LeBron James, right, The arguably or is to, to a lot of people the greatest player ever, right? Um, obviously, the the offense, the system was built around him. But even him, he couldn't get to the finals without being able to be able to trust his teammates. And again, with LeBron, he's always been able to trust his teammates but really feel like, okay, they can get it done. And I feel like, though, the difference between um, him and let's say James Harden or Luka, like, right, because you'd be like, oh, man, they're playmakers. But a lot of times I feel like, especially in, in Brian's career, he would play make, he would make uh, plays based off of what was the real smart decision for basketball, right, what makes sense basketball-wise, where a lot of times with Luka and Harden, I feel like they were just getting their numbers. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you're open, I'm going to give it to you. Also, that looks good for my assist. So I think for him to change his style of play, and he's great, and that's kind of hard to do when you're that great because that's why, um, to my knowledge, Luca and and Rick, um, his old coach, used to bump heads because he was very old school. And even though he he praises Luca, like he thinks he's amazing, which he is, but I think he has to have either a kid, let him buy in, hey, um, you got to really – Really trust your teammates because what happens too when a couple of years before they play the Suns, right? They would play my Clippers, and again it would go it would go down to the wire, of course, every series. But how we would beat Dallas is like, hey, we're gonna let Lucas score forty. That's perfectly really fine. One because we know he's not never in the best shape, so he's gonna get tired in the fourth quarter, and then two he can't beat everyone by himself. You know what I mean? You can only score so many points, and so. Um, and then attack him defensively because we all know he's not the best defender. So I, I feel like for them to really take that next step, um, Luca has to feel like he has someone that he can trust. And his coach has to have him buy in to, hey, you don't have to do everything. Um, now, it's easy for him. He even admitted, right? Coming from Europe to the NBA is really easy, which is understandable. And I think he's going to get MVPs, multiple all-stars, all those good things but for him to really win it all he has to have um be to trust his teammates and that falls on mark cuban as well mark cuban has to get a roster that you know maybe luca feels like he can trust um and luca probably should you know luca i mean maybe that's not a style but hey try to try to see what you know top stars or something like that might be interested coming um that he can feel like he can trust but like the thought process when they got Prezingus, like I understood it, right, like okay, I have a big man that can really hold it down, and you know Luca's gonna be you know basically the guard slash wing and and do it get it done like that, but I think they they need someone I don't know who, like you know like i I could see not that it's gonna happen, but let's say bam, for example, right, like he'd probably be great to play with with um with Luca um obviously in the perfect world, right? And beat or something like that, but we know those things aren't gonna happen. But someone like that where where he could really feed and trust because obviously he didn't trust Perzingis. Um and Perzingis would get frustrated by it. But I think that's just the biggest thing for him to take that next step. But there's there's also chapters I feel like in, in young players uh career or in, in players' career in general. When you're a star, when you first come in a league, you wanna establish yourself, right? That's the thing. You wanna you wanna prove yourself. And then after you do that, you kind of want to show, hey, I'm that guy. I want to get the MVPs if possible. I want to get, you know, multiple all-star scoring titles. I want to get all these accolades. And then it comes to the point where it's like, okay, I got all these things. Now I want to win. So to be fair to Luca, he might still be in that, that, that time frame of, hey, you know, I still haven't got an MVP yet. Hey, I still haven't been able to get a scoring title or whatever those things is. Um, so right now he believes me playing this type of basketball can help me get a championship. Um, but we've seen from James Harden, right? We've seen that that's not the best way to win. I mean, Kobe rest in peace. He even mentioned that with James Harden, like, Hey, I don't see that solid play ever winning. But again, for right now, I think Luca, cause I don't even know how old Luca is. I know he's still young, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know at twenty six, twenty seven, I think that's when we're going to start seeing Luca like, okay,
1: what's next? Like this, this and, is cool. and and when when he's that age too, I think it's it's vital to say that he's going to know what he needs to win in this league. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean mentioned big play, like a lot of you know what they lack, and and that goes hand in hand with like literally the stats. Like they're dead last. Like they're the worst rebounding team in the league um they're dead last in defensive rebounds and second to last in offensive rebounds while mm-hmm. being last in points in the paint. So I mean that if that doesn't tell you that they have nothing going on in the paint, um I don't know what 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 else tells you that. And before the season, Jason Kidd was saying, quoted as saying things like, Don't be surprised if you see JaVel McGee shooting corner threes. And that's just not what this team needs. Not yeah. from McGee, you know? Um so I entirely agree with Sean and and like, I do think that they just, instead of letting Luca just learn, I mean, because, yeah, he did come into this knowing a lot and, and being pretty polished at the game of basketball, but letting him learn the NBA and and letting him compete with just who he has rather than trying to build around him from year one, year two. um, I just I just think Dallas, the organization, went about some things the wrong way. And you're seeing that, like, the the roster construction isn't, what it's made, what it was made out to be in the off season. Um, yeah, they just really, they're just a really bad team. They're a really bad I mean, team. I mean, and, they
2: overachieved, right? Let's be honest. They overachieved last year, and so I think, you know, to be fair to Mark Cuban, he's thinking, oh man, we're we're right there because it's so easy to feel that way, right? But, but again, I and, and not to dig on on Phoenix, but I feel like Phoenix also was one of those things. It was like a lightning in a bottle type situation for them as well. So. Um, I just think it was just the right moment because I, I really feel like if he didn't play Phoenix, if he played, I don't know, you can think of any other top of the, uh, teams at that time that, I, oh, Memphis, we'll say Memphis. I really believe if they played Memphis, they would have lost, right? Um, or, well, obviously they lost to go Golden to State, but I just think it, it really worked out because of the style that Phoenix plays. Really works in the favor of Luka and what he wants to do and i agree jalen burns uh
1: bronson torched him as well luca luca would do luca would do amazing things with that memphis um roster like if you just replace and and jaw does too so i don't think that that's a fix yeah but in but in a perfect world for luca and luca fans if that was the roster that he had like desmond bain and and, and jalen jackson jr and Steven Adams in the paint and just the bench that they have to step up when, you know, because Dallas' bench is terrible. They couldn't yeah. even be – they couldn't even compete with Houston without Luka, so.
2: And, and like you said too, bro, like it's one of those things – like Memphis, right, they built from the draft. They got a couple, you know, free agents and stuff, but they built with the draft. They could have did the same. Yeah,
1: Bane, Ja, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep. Um, Even some of the guys off the bench, I think yeah. – I think, what, do they have Cal Anderson? I don't know if they drafted him, but most of them guys. Brandon are- Clark. Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, yep. Brooks. And, like, they just got a lot of guys, like, their backups are drafted. Their starters are drafted. And that's – that's it pays. It pays. You don't Best have to give part- out – you don't Best- got to give out massive contracts so early on when when you got homegrown talent.
0: Why is Dallas not an attractive free agent destination for basketball? And also, Sean, you had mentioned, like, maybe they need, like, a center and you mentioned BAM. So I decided to look up what are some, you know, centers that will be free agents coming up so offseason. And I'm just gonna draw a few names and Nikola Vukovic from Chicago, Miles Turner from Indy, Brooke Lopez from Milwaukee, as well as Serge Ibaka. Um, Dwight Powell, their very own player, Dwight Powell. Nolan's Noel has a club option, and uh, Jacob Po uh from San Antonio. So let's let's start off with sean let's start off with one why isn't dallas a desirable free agent destination basketball wise because football wise we know it's a different story right
2: yeah that that is a great question and i wish i had the answer to it i don't know if mark cuban is because we at least we hear stories he's a great owner you know dallas there's no state taxes right like the weather's not too bad out there. Um, it's cheaper to live, so I really have no clue what the reason is. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could tell you the reason why I have because, and that's why I, that's why I don't know if it's one of those things where the star players just don't go out recruiting or what. But if I was a star player, I played in Dallas. I'm for sure telling everybody like, hey, this is where you need to be at. We could do some great things. So I have no clue, man. I wish I could. <laughs> Cause even with with remember with Dirk, Dirk didn't have no great free agents come. Very true. Like they were players they drafted or players that was like the end of their career. Yeah, there's there's even
1: a there's even a Bleacher Report, um, article from two years after they won their championship saying why the, doesn't free agents want to sign with the Dallas Mavericks anymore? Mm-hmm. So so what That's Sean true. just said is an absolute fact. Um, they've never wanted to go to Dallas.
0: You you would you would think, especially after winning it all and beating the the Miami Big Three in their first year. You know, every we all know how the decision was handled on how everybody viewed that Miami Heat team. You would think like, damn, maybe I should go play with Dirk in them, and and no, that's that didn't happen. Instead, so isn't that isn't that shortly after when um Chandler Parsons got cashed out and whatnot? Wasn't that around that time?
1: I just Dallas has never been an attractive um free agent destination i don't know why that's the case to the point where they over glorified the people they did sign like chandler parsons i remember Mm -hmm. um lamar Odom had a whole tv show centered around in the mavericks um after i think he left the lakers or whatever
0: rondo too right
1: rondo had a whole situation with the mavericks Mm -hmm. and and didn't play and people players have had bad experiences with um the organization like as like they yes, the Mavericks have gotten good praise um for Cuban being a smart owner and this and that, but we also have to remember they've they've also had um scandals and things like that in the in the recent past yeah. that that they've done a good job of, you know, I guess rectifying and, and getting rid of these people to to where we don't really talk about it anymore. But uh you know, they're they're not like a spotless organization. If I'm listen, if I'm a young if I'm a young player. I'd very much rather join the other Texas teams over Dallas, right? Just right now, like in the right yeah. now, like San Antonio is proven that they're a hub for young players that can, anybody can have a standout performance any given night. And and then when you look over at Houston, a bunch of young players. Um, but does San
0: Antonio change when Pop leaves? Will that perspective change?
1: Yeah, that changes, but we can't really think. We don't know when Pop's leaving. Like all Pop know. knows is basketball and then, yeah. you know, um. God rest her soul. His his wife passed a couple of years ago. So you know when Pop's done, he's probably just done with living. Like I think he's he's meant to be a coach.
2: <laughs> and and well, and San Antonio, to be fair to them, right? They've always built theirs on a the draft, so they're not necessarily yeah. Did no. like Dallas? You know they're like pleading. Like remember they were trying to get was
0: uh that DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Jordan. No. Well, not just that,
2: but what's his name? Williams.
0: Um. Deron. Yes. Jerome Williams.
2: Remember, they were begging for him. I'm like, bro, he's not even right. So they were really just. (laughs) (laughs) So San Antonio has never did that. They're more so like, hey, we know we're small. We're not tripping. We're gonna build from the draft, and it is what it is. Very successful
0: at drafting. That's for sure. You know, so they they
2: they embrace being a small market, where Mm -hmm. Dallas has been like, hey, no, we're the talk of the town because you know the Cowboys are, so we should be too.
0: Yeah, so, because Dallas isn't really a small – Dallas is not a small market. I mean – It's not. Yeah, they're not a so, small
1: market, but all they, of the major cities in Texas are, you know, like – you know what I mean? Like, Houston isn't a small market either. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? So like, so they're, so both they're both bigger really than San Antonio, but San Antonio still happens to have the best coach in the league. So. And
2: when Houston – Houston, at least supposedly, has, like, top-of-line strippers. <laughs> it, right? James like, Harden
0: sold that place
2: well. Wow. Look, I'm no, no, but I, but even before James Harden, like, that was always a thing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you can, and, and at least I've heard, it's very similar, because I still haven't went to Houston to check it out yet, but it's very similar to L.A. So you could sell that, right? You could sell that a lot. So that's, you know what I mean, especially if you're a young player, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, That so I can have a good time. Not that you can have a good time in Dallas, but it's just different, you know, so I think that's part of it too. But I really have no clue why they don't go to Dallas. And as far as those big names you listed, none of those move me, to be honest, at all. Um, they're not gonna I mean they they can probably they can be a building piece, but as far as um I don't even remember all the names you said, but a lot of them I guess know I was like, Yeah, I'm not moved. Like there's some yeah. that can be a good building piece. Um
0: Vukovich, Turner, Brooke, yeah, Baca. Uh, yeah, no. Tool, Noel, if uh, Detroit decides to let him go. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, oh, ironically, oh boy, I, Turner I, should be a a name too for a couple teams.
0: He should, but
2: I don't feel like for Dallas.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. Um, I mean, he stretches the floor, so yeah. that's a plus. But and I, don't, it comes I agree. Like how much
0: money? Too, I think he's a
1: better. I think in my opinion I think he's a he's a little bit of a better fit than Wood is but yeah, still I don't think he's the solution for Dallas. No, yeah. no. So lately you
0: know ladies and gentlemen we don't really talk too much about the Lakers. It's out of respect because y'all Lakers fans can be sensitive if people spend 30 seconds on y'all whether it's good or bad it's it's rent free type of conversation and we ain't got time for that. But we would like to acknowledge Um, The recent string of games from the Lakers, uh, as well as right now, we'll just kind of salute, tip our cap to AD and and the games he's been playing. He's been looking like prime Pelicans or New Orleans AD low-key. But Russell Westbrook and the bench situation, let's, let's talk about it. The question we have posed here, is Russell Westbrook a permanent bench player? Or another team starting point guard, and I'll start with you, Barry. And and before we start that, I guess it comes down to what are you expecting from the team that uh, you're bringing Russell Westbrook to? Because I like to think his time in Washington wasn't the smoothest, but he is a reason why they also won games too.
1: He's a reason why they made the playoffs. Though,
0: <laughs> yeah, know? so it's like I I know Russell Westbrook could be frustrated, I, I Sean, me and you have had conversations about this before. You know, we both agreed that his basketball IQ is disappointing, but he plays with the drive, he plays with the energy that you would want in your players. Just that sometimes sometimes that decision making doesn't come through. However, however, what where do you view him now at this point in his career, Jabari? I
1: I'm half I'm half and half on the question. Um though I pose the question, I'm, I'm half and half on it because it says, is he a permanent bench player or another team starting point guard? My, my answer to that would be what other team, because depending on the other team, he could still be a starting point guard. Um, and what's us let's say hypothetically, we're talking about, um, well, no, can't even say the Knicks anymore because Brunson's a better option, but let's say we're talking about one of the, five, six teams that could use him as a starting point guard. Um, He's 34 years old. He just turned 34 years old. So I think you can get a year or two out of Russ um, depending on the team. But if this is a team with championship aspirations or a team that has any good point guards that they want to develop, then no, Russell Westbrook wouldn't be the answer. Um, It's starting to approach – he's starting to approach the territory of being a – a bench player and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um if you if you if you've been looking at russ lately and paying attention to how the lakers have been playing mainly due to ad stepping up russ's russ has been better also um in the last two games he has 15 assists in those two games and zero turnovers like how do you how often do you see russ get that many assists and no turnovers between those two games um and in the very last game, that came against a win against Milwaukee, uh, a four-point win, in which I believe Brody, LeBron, and AD all had double doubles with no turnovers, all three of them. And I think that only happened once in the early 2000s. I forget the team. So, you know, I can't say that he hasn't gotten better because he has. Um, every once in a while, he he does regress and has a bad game, but but overall he's been better with the Lakers. Um I think and it's in it's in his best interest to to ride this out, ride the situation out. Darvin Ham did say that he was trying his best to put Russ in a in a good situation um and and to protect Russ in a sense from, you know, the unfair criticism at times. And it's while I didn't see it at first, I'm starting to see it now that the bench role does Make sense for him, and when his body gets used to it, because he had a lot of complaints early on in his bench role that his body wasn't used to it, he wasn't used to sitting um, for extended periods of times, and and that may have caused an injury and whatever. However true that may be, I think this is just better for him to to have that high level of impact on the game, but in a limited amount of minutes. Um, and specifically for this Laker team, it works because of just who's starting, who they choose to start. Um. Eventually, though, they're gonna need to look at Pat Patrick Beverly and and make a decision on whether they want to get rid of him or bring him off the bench or or what. I know he hasn't been playing as of late because of other reasons, like a suspension or whatever. But but he's been a, a far more inefficient player than I think anyone in the league. So I hope I've answered the question. I do think he's more of a bench player than a starter. Let's so, say seventy five twenty five. But for a few teams, he can he can definitely start.
2: When it comes to Patrick Beverly, and you know that's that's my dog. That's the one that I definitely would try to, you know, because he does things that's beyond just stats. But he's a bum right now, okay? He's a bum, and nobody is going to trade for him. Let me get that out the way. So now that that's said, as far as Westbrook <laughs> goes, um, yes, he's definitely a bench player, like no question. Um, I know Frank Vogel's out there somewhere. Like, I wish you did this for me. Like, what the hell? Um, but no, he he's he's actually flourishing as as a bench player, and there's nothing wrong with it. I felt that he needed to embrace it, or he was going to be out the league. That's how I personally felt. Um, because his basketball IQ isn't the greatest. He again, he plays hard. Um, you know, you can never doubt his passion for the game. Um, and he looks like he's having fun again. You know, and that and that's a big thing, uh, especially for him. So. I think, you know, I, I think this is can only add to his, his legacy and I hope, you know, he's starting to understand that because he has an amazing career and he can almost make it like a another like like break his career up where hey, yeah, I had MVPs, I I went to the finals, right? All star appearances, triple double king. And guess what? I was also sixth man of the year. Like I think that would be pretty awesome and just add on to already his amazing career. So, um yeah. I, now, do I think he could start for other teams? I do. Not a lot. Maybe three, four teams. Do I think they would be a lottery team? I do. So, I think for him, because I know he's in the last year of his contract, uh, wherever he goes, I think, if, if he wants to continue to win, I think he should go to a contender Um, and embrace coming off the bench. And be able to mentor the young guys. And be able to, you know, uh, uh, just help that organization in in other ways. And again, put for for his own personal accomplishment, hey, I was six man a year. I think that would just be amazing topping on already a great career. So, yeah, I I think, you know, I think that's what he is. Um, I thought that last year, um, I know some people didn't like to hear it, but I just thought so. Um, Now, I know, to be fair to him, I know they're like, hey, well, he needs to be surrounded by shooters. Just like LeBron. I definitely understand that. But the reason why I say for me, for him at this point, for him to um, come off the bench is because he is getting a little older. He's always been very athletic. And obviously, that's starting to slip a little bit. It just comes with age. Um, Because before his athleticism, he kind of offset some of the decisions making. The decision making he was he would make on the court, um, but now coming off the bench, he can just kind of go play free. It doesn't matter. Just go out there, and basically that's what they need you to do is be a spark off the bench. And we are we we know his whole career he was always a spark. He came in, the energy was contagious. His energy was always just on an all-time high when he was on the court playing. You know, 38 minutes or whatever he was playing. So, um, so yeah, to answer the question, I, I think the coming off the bench will be great for him is great for him and there's been even times now where he's came off the bench but been like the best or most impactful player on the court for the team so Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so I have a quick reply to Sean um I agree with with pretty much his sentiments on Russell Westbrook and him coming off the bench and I mean I think we're in agreement that overall he's a bench player now but there is one statement he said um where the few teams that he could start for, they would probably be lottery teams. And I think I have one team where that might not be the case. And and that's a team that he came from, which is the Washington Wizards. Um mm. uh, they're they're eleven and twelve. They're one game behind five hundred. They have no like point guard play to talk about. And then, you know, he obviously has chemistry already with Beale, and then now they have a better cast than like Przingis and Kuzma. I think if Westbrook was there, honestly, they wouldn't be a great team, but they'd be above 500. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just, that's just that one specific situation that there isn't really many situations like that in the league that that's, that's you know, good for Westbrook.
2: Now, now I will push back and say, cause like you said, like they would be, they would be better, but would they be a playoff team, especially with the East? The East is starting to get better, obviously. Where I actually got a lot better, so...
1: They'd be a play-in team. Play-in team. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: With that being said, Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors recently had uh, some things to say about LeBron and the GOAT status. You know, a, a conversation that will forever be had, probably until... 20, 30 years after LeBron retires, maybe. But, uh, Bari, can you fill us in exactly on Draymond's comments? And, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and
1: <laughs> because, look, look, <laughs> please, take it away. <laughs> so, so basically, um, he was recently asked his top five players in NBA history during a recent episode of Throne Bones, the Throne Bones podcast. And he had LeBron James at number one, Michael Jordan at number two, Kobe Bryant at number three, his teammate Stephen Curry at number four, and Shaquille O'Neal at number five. When talking about why he had James at the top of his list, he had a lot to say. However, one thing in particular that he said was that Jordan didn't beat the greatest team ever assembled, implying that, you know, LeBron did. And he also went on to say that Jordan also didn't have to go against the greatest team ever assembled every year. You know, and, you know, Draymond's referring to his his own team, the the 2016 team that, you know, is the greatest regular season team and, you know, one of the greatest teams in playoff history. And then eventually the, the modification to that team, which was the KD Warriors that LeBron ended up having to face after after Golden State took their their comeback loss in 2016. This isn't news, how Draymond feels about LeBron's GOAT status. Um, and while he has MJ at number one, his comment was, these things that I just mentioned help LeBron's GOAT case. I don't think it, it necessarily has to put him over um, MJ or if you may have Kobe or Kareem in your goat conversation you don't necessarily have to put him over them for those reasons but he's saying it doesn't it sorry it helps his his goat case like and and these guys all have goat cases to be in the argument to be in the conversation you have to have you know these impressive accolades to go over and compare with the other goats so um that's what we're going to be talking about today how we feel about that um how we have that order and and just yeah my my opinions on it is i agree with draymond in the sense that it does help lebron's goat case um a lot of people after 2016 like after, even before the bubble whole bubble fiasco after that comeback against golden state just because of the fashion in which it was done and the people that and the players that he beat a lot of people did you know feel the same way as draymond um on twitter on social media the analyst um it was it was pretty renowned that 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 extremely helped his his case of um matching Michael Jordan surpassing Michael Jordan however you want to look at it um me personally i think that i at the time i thought that that was the last notch that lebron needed to 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 become to to get in that same conversation cuz before that happened though as great as he was it just wasn't uh a uh, a conversation that was being had um they were still kind of putting him down besides the the Braun fanboys the actual analysts and reporters were still not willing to have the conversation and after that that run they were so um I want to let you guys talk about it because I have a a few reasons like is that's not the only reason why um LeBron is 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 a is a goat and in the GOAT conversations. Um and his durability and and longevity that he's been able to string together. And and as a result of that, the stats that he's been able to accu- accumulate, I'm sorry, you know, is is also a, a big reason as to why I have him in that in that GOAT status. Um, if we're looking at the all-time scoring leaders, we know how that plays out. He just passed Magic in assists. But if we're looking at the all time scoring leaders and their assist ranks, LeBron is number six in assists. The other 10 in the all time scoring leaders aren't even top. Shit. Besides Magic, they aren't even top 20 in assists. Now, if we go to the all time assist leader, LeBron's number six on the assist list. The other 10 on that list aren't even in the top 10. For scoring, and LeBron's number two in scoring. So, like, what makes his case as a great player is that he's been able to not just do everything or a little bit of everything, but he's been able to do it for the entirety of his career. Um, and I think that's what Draymond's trying to say, but he just sounds like a fanboy when he says it because it's like he doesn't, like he doesn't really go into depth about how he feels about the other players on his list, like Michael Jordan and and Kobe Bryant and et cetera. Like he just Go straight back to the Michael Jordan, LeBron debate. Draymond,
2: Draymond, like for those that single out there, y'all need to find someone that loves you, like Draymond loves LeBron. because it, it's ridiculous.
0: Is that ridiculous? Say it's coming, it's coming soon. Y'all it, take
2: notes. It's 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 ridiculous because I this man. Okay, so as far as his top five, it's his top five. That's perfectly fine. Um. I do like the fact that he actually gave Kobe some love. I do appreciate that part. Um, so that that's cool. And if he has Bron as, as his GOAT, that's perfectly fine. But I look at it a little bit deeper than this. So if I'm Draymond Green, I'll be honest. I probably would say the same thing. Um, And the reason why, because... Would you? If, if I'm Draymond?
1: Yeah, like if you're Draymond, would you have your teammate at number four?
2: No, no, well, I I mean, if I'm you're
1: saying, a Draymond.
2: No, if I'm Draymond, I'm saying Bron is number 1, and this is the reason why. Okay. This is the reason why. If I'm Draymond, I'm putting him number 1 because all it does is boost my status as well. Right? Um because I could say, "Man, I beat LeBron, right? He's the GOAT, but against me, he was 3 and 1." Against my team, quote unquote, the best team ever, right? 3 and 1. Now, Mm-hmm. I disagree with his best team ever because the best team ever, if, if he's going to say that, it's with KD. <laughs> like, because when they lost, what was that? Twenty? Was it 2015? They lost when they first met up. Um, I, I think it was 2015 when Kyrie and and Kevin Love both got hurt. I maybe I was on the island. Maybe I was by myself. I know Curry was MVP or whatever. And people have that ridiculous notion of saying Curry was better than LeBron, all this nonsense. And I was one of the few that said the Cavs can beat Golden State. And I truly believe they would have won because why? LeBron basically by himself was, or took what? Took Golden State to six games with Delhi. Delhi had, had Curry in jail in moments of the series, right? So that's number one. So when they met again, I still believe they can win because I was like, man, they should have won before. Now, yeah, you could say, you know what, like they were up three-one, and you know if it wasn't for Draymond being suspended, because again, Draymond can use that as well. Oh man, if, if we wasn't suspended, if I if if I didn't get suspended, you know, we we could have repeated or whatever the case is. I truly believe that the Cavs was a better team. Um, again, that's just my belief. We could talk about that another another time. So for me. That's not the greatest team. Um, because even when they did was it have the record for 70 wins or whatever it was, um, they lost. So you can't say you're the best team and lose, in my opinion. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. You know, I can't say I'm the strongest person in the world, but I struggle to lift six hundred pounds. And let's just say or not even six hundred, let's say the world record was, I don't know, or no, let's say I, I got the world record for, for lifting weight, but I struggle to lift up a car. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Just different things like that. So, I, I go back, I look at it like the greatest team, you know, you could say the 96, 97 Bulls. Sure, you can even go back to, 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 what was that? I think it was 90, when did he first win? I think 91, 92 Bulls. You go to obviously the 01, 02 Lakers, right? So, Again, I don't I don't care that Braun is, is is his goal or anyone else's goat, but to say, you know, to say that, oh man, Jordan didn't play against a dynasty or didn't play against the greatest team. Jordan could say, and Jordan fans could say, he was the dynasty. Him and his team. Like they was the dynasty. Now the funny thing is because he also has another quote that that he said as well. He basically was just saying that. You know, I'm sure a lot of a lot of O heads is going to basically say I'm out of my mind, blah, blah, blah. The talent is better, just like the talent at Apple is way better than talent working at Apple in 91. Right. So I get what he's saying, like over time. But the funny thing is, which I don't think he understands. And I've joked about this. I feel like he, he's doing a disservice because to use that, that's what kids are going to say for the next person. right? Like they're gonna say, I mean, heck, if Curry wins another ring, like, even if he's not even that guy anymore, let's say he wins another ring. You're telling me? Because kids are already saying it now. So just imagine what they're gonna be saying. Oh man, Curry, Curry's the GOAT, not LeBron. Because Curry had to do this. Curry actually, he's the reason why LeBron. LeBron's supposed to be the GOAT, and Curry's three and one, right? All this ridiculous notions for it. Um, but it's it's just funny to me, man, because. Draymond can't help himself. He always has to mention LeBron um, for some reason. And as far as Curry being number four, I'm not surprised by that. Now, I would think, because I did say to Jabar I'm like, oh, man, you know what? Like, as a teammate, you would have Curry number four. Now, if I'm Dre, i probably have LeBron one, and then I would gas it up and be like, oh, yeah, but, you know what, uh, Curry's number two or number three some nonsense like that, because Curry's not number four at all to me, like, not a no list, um, but I know for each generation, it's going to get worse, so I know Curry's going to continue to climb up the ladder, and I know it's going to be a point where he is either in the top five conversation, because a lot of people, he already is, um, I've seen that, especially on NBA Twitter, they're really to die on that hill already for him, um, so if he wins again, there are they're going to say he's number one, because they're giving him credit for changing the game, although I say, yes, three like yes, he he shoots the three ball well. A lot of people are shooting that even more so. I definitely understand that, but let's not act like the three point shot wasn't already there, right? Like we had Ray Allen's, we had Reggie Miller's. Now they wasn't as efficient. Yes, I definitely understand that, but I feel like Curry gets boosted even more because people are shooting more half court shots or whatever the case is, um, and I know I just ranted, but I say all that just to say, you know, Draymond is ridiculous. LeBron is one of the GOATs. I definitely agree with that. Um, again, as far as we could, we could debate all day as far as who over what, like at the end of the day, you're not going to change no one's opinion. So that's why I kind of look at, like, he is one of the GOATs. Um, but his reasoning as far as, quote, unquote, beating the best team or going against the best team all the time, I disagree on that front because I feel like you're you're discrediting Kevin Durant. Let's not act like when Kevin Durant went there, that they didn't dominate, like literally dominate every game when they chose to.
1: It was. I think I think he was including KD. Oh, was and, he including KD? Yeah, because he said oh. um, MJ okay. didn't have to play the best team every year.
2: Okay. Okay. I thought yeah. he was. More I so think he's trying, like, trying to
1: say like all those teams are the best. Like he's trying to say like before KD that was the best team, and then we got KD and became a better team. <laughs> like okay, I think because
2: yeah. because I was thinking that because like what you said, which is true. Like a lot of people thought that, and you know they and actually LeBron said it himself, right? Like he felt like that's when he was the goat when he came back from three one. Now I definitely love the fact that he came back from three one. That's something that's never been done. But again, for me, I didn't look at it as the greatest team ever. So that's why I guess I'm curious. I mean, I can't ask Draymond, but would he still feel that way? Let's say LeBron won another championship, but he just wasn't getting to Golden State, right? Let's say he lost that year. Um, Would he still feel the same way? You know what I mean? Like, or is he saying that because he came back from 3-1? Because that's what everyone says. Um, Because to me, like, and I knew he wasn't going to because I, I felt like it was impossible. But to me, if he somehow was able to 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 beat that KD team, which I knew he wouldn't be able to. One, he was just older. Two, just too much firepower. I'm like, bro, like that to me would have been absolutely ridiculous. Because I've been on record, and I'll say it again, to me, was it that 2015 finals? To me, and again, that 3-1 uh, finals was amazing. He won it. I'm not saying nothing from it. Like, that was amazing but that 2015 to me was special. And he lost. Like he lost and I felt he should have been MVP that year for the finals. Like that was just amazing amazing performance knowing that he didn't have his his two, you know, his two running mates with him with Love and, and Kyrie. Cuz again, I felt like they they would have won. And then when both of them were out, I was like, "Dang, it's probably only going to go like four games." And the fact that he was able to will that team to to get two wins like to me was just absolutely incredible, and that's for me, oddly enough, after he lost that final, actually moved him up on my <laughs> on my ladder as one of the greatest ever. All right. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I have for that.
0: For me, I think everybody has their goat. Um, I know Jabari, like Kareem, is is your goat, and more often than not, people don't talk about Kareem, and you know, people have their reasons for it. Kareem, my um, goat
1: for like another. Year and a half. That's probably a year and
0: a half. <laughs> and he gonna just drop.
1: <laughs> he just gonna drop. Now is that hey, based look. off
2: of the the breaking the record?
1: Yeah, because well, Kareem Kareem's my goat, um, for a mixture of of reasons, and it's it's also the same for the same reasons why I have LeBron high, which is durability and longevity, and his total, not just his total points, but like Kareem has more assists than Michael Jordan just because he played that long.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know what I mean? So like he just, he's just in the record book for, for numerous things. And also when it comes to winning, even though he has like two finals MVPs, he has six rings. So um, I think in in that respect, if you compare it to LeBron, it evens out. LeBron does not have six rings, but for every finals he was in, he has the finals. MVP. As far as the totals go, LeBron's going to pass up Kareem and, Whatever he hasn't yet, he's gonna pass him up in, except for probably blocks. Everyone
2: has their own, like personal list, right? As far as um, what's the reason for go? Like you said, longevity, because that that does somewhat matter to me.
1: Because if, if that didn't matter to me, it'd be straight up MJ and Magic, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like Magic didn't like like he we were robbed of of Magic's entire career. Yeah. Yeah, and MJ yeah. just, you know, did, it, did what he had to do. like so. Yeah, Ma-
2: Magic and, and Magic's been in my top five for a long time. Um, MJ too. But again, everyone has their own list. So like what Abe said, you know, you can't please everyone because to someone, you know, like you said, because at the end of the day, LeBron's going to have every record. So records or stats, not saying you, Jabari, just people in general, if that really matters to them, then there's no reason why you wouldn't have LeBron as your goal because he's going to play for however many years he wants to play more um and he's going to break every record just because he's been playing for so long. So you know, it just depends on how people look at it, winning, stats, longevity, um all that stuff, leadership, whatever you look for,
0: ability,
1: all like, that. You could play 20 years, but that don't means like you was as healthy as LeBron played or yeah. it was, you know yeah. what I mean? So
0: Yeah, so for me I was just going to say that um cuz honestly when it comes to my goats, my goats are
1: Hakeem and Kevin Garnett.
0: It's basically, those are my goats, you know, <laughs> that's just, I'm not, but I'm also not about to be here and be like, Hey, <laughs> Hakeem and KG are better than LeBron, Michael, and Kobe. That being said, we want to talk about some another player's recent comments, which actually kind of just doesn't make sense to me upon reading it, but maybe it'll make sense to, to y'all. So Bradley Bill recently on Gilbert Arena's, uh. No Chill Podcast, I believe it's called. Uh, let me make sure I have that name right I don't want to disrespect nobody. Uh, no Chill with Gilbert Arenas. So, recently, Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards re-signed uh, with the Wizards on a five-year contract worth two hundred fifty million $251 million this past off season. Okay. So, when he was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, he explained why he made the move to re-sign. He said, and I quote, there were no teams in the market free agency wise. I'm just being frank. There was nowhere else for me to go where I can be like, oh, I can go win. It was teams that strategically wasn't what I wanted. He would also go on to suggest he appreciated the voice that he had on in the organization. And that he had wanted the opportunity to play with Porzingis, who he called probably the best big I've played with, as well as Kyle Kuzma. Gentlemen, gentlemen, if if I remember correctly, maybe I have amnesia. Maybe I was in the simulation. But I know as a Celtics fan, there was constant conversation about Bradley Beal going to Boston, especially given Tatum and Beal's relationship. I know among Celtics' Twitter's the Celtics' circle, a lot of Celtics' fans were talking about Bradley Beal coming over. We also know Bradley Beal was involved in conversations regarding Miami Heat, as well as the Los Angeles Lakers. So, (laughs) what do you make of his comments, Sean? And uh, apparently his his thoughts on Kristoff. Let's why not? Let's throw that in
2: there. Um. First of all, he's lying. Okay. <laughs> hey, not, not, excuse my language. This motherfucker lying. He's, he's lying. All right. Like, like you, you was trying to get the bag, brother. It's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you, you chasing the bag because there's no way you could say that. I mean, there was some teams, Miami. I I don't remember who else, but yeah, it was, it was a few teams that wanted to. Um. So you you just want the bag you you want to be the man, right? Which is understandable, but for me and, and I like Bradley bill he, he's a hooper, he's not your franchise guy in my opinion that you can win with. Um, and he needs a point guard badly, which Jabari actually mentioned. That's why he mentioned um uh, Westbrook could even go back there right and, and help them out. On um, as actually statistically, Bradley Bill. In in clutch situations in the NBA, they keep those status. So it's like the last uh, minute thirty, right? He leads the NBA in turnovers. He has nine turnovers in clutch situations, right? So that tells you right there. Um, and as far as Perzingis, you know, I mean, he he's been he's been balling. I don't know about you know. I mean, the Wizards haven't had, I guess, that many great. I'm trying to think any great bigs like that. So I guess like, you know, I guess. That's probably the best big he's played with. Um, and he has been balling. Um, but, yeah, man, at, at the end of the day, like, Bradley Bills is lying. I don't know why he's gassing up, you know, the, <laughs> what he's doing. And if he's making decisions, as he said, as far as, you know, he wants to have more power, more decisions, then you need your decisions, re- or you need to be able to get those revoked because the Wizards look terrible. Like, that roster's not good. So, they need to stop asking you then, if that's the question, if if that's the case, if you're able to have that much say, like, yeah, it's just you, you just wanted to get that 250 mil, which is nothing wrong with that. With no was it no trade clause, and mm-hmm. that's what it is, and you were fine with that. And again, we think as fans, every star wants to win. That is not the case, people. I I know that's hard for some of y'all to hear, but some of them just want to get paid, and at least right now. That's what he wants. And so, yeah, that's that's pretty much, you know, you, you get your get your stats, get to get your numbers up, get to probably be an all-star a few times, and you get to make 250 million. And that's what you chose to do. Because there's no way you could say with a straight face that there was nowhere else you could go to win. And if you really was about winning, let's just let's just entertain that. If you really are about winning, you feel like the wizard can do that. Then why not put pressure on the Wizards and say, you know what? I'm only going to commit to two, three years, right? And then after that, you know, whatever. We'll see where we at, and then you can really max me out, whatever the case is. So, no, that that dude's lying. That's that's what it comes down to. I don't really have much to say just because, I mean, he's lying. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing much more to say. Go ahead, Jabbar.
1: Listen. Bradley Beal, at some point, was, as bad as the Lakers look at times, linked to the Lakers. At some point, he was linked to the Miami Heat. He was even linked to the Boston Celtics at a point. Um, These are all organizations that have won that can be considered winning organizations. Um, I got five years and 248 million reasons as to why Bradley Beal is a Washington Wizards still. Um, it doesn't really have much to do with the other teams there. Yeah, there are probably a few teams that were interested in bill that he didn't see himself winning with. And in his head, it's like, shit, why am I going to go over there and lose with them when I can stay here in Washington and lose with a team that I, that that's drafted me. And, and that's willing to give me a no trade clause to where he controls his destination for five years, whether he stays in, in DC or or goes out to another team, he pretty much controls the narrative of where he ends up. I just think he wanted that level of control. And also, he wanted that level of control while not having to go be someone's sidekick or whatever. And and if that's the case, he could have just said that. He didn't have to say, like, there was no teams interested in him that he saw himself winning with. Because at the end of the day, what does Bradley Beal know about winning? Um, We, we can go on to the next topic. Well, 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 real quick. Let, let's mm-hmm. be fair to him. Let's be fair to him, mm-hmm. right? Because
2: he said, was it? Um, there was nowhere else for him to go, right? Where he can go, like, oh, I can win. So let's just pause right there. There's nowhere else he can go. That's true. There's nowhere else he can go that
1: would pay him two hundred and forty-eight million. I mean, I mean, they couldn't. They literally <laughs> ultimately, yeah. Like Washington could pay him the most money, and he took so, it.
0: Well, so that part <laughs> is true. I don't know what the the Celtics would have to gut the team in order to accomplish. No, I'm saying, like, technically,
1: no one can pay him what Washington paid him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess he's right there. I guess he is right. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But. uh, He got Kyle Kuzma and and Perzingard, so. (laughs) But the the
2: Wizards will be fighting for their lives. and, And soon enough, unless they just, you know, maybe they're selling tickets. I don't know. But soon enough they're gonna be trying to trade him anyway. If they if they're not winning and they can't get no pieces, they're gonna be like, Hey man,
1: uh, where you wanna go? So just we can build. Just look out for the phantom injury when things aren't going the way he wants them to go. Absolutely. Move. Move.
0: okay, yo. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all got some feelings about this. Okay. So we we about to wind down. We're about to wind down, ladies and gentlemen, for our listeners. Thank you for rocking with us. So, last week, November 28th to December 4th, we've had a plethora of games and a lot of wonderful, wonderful performances. We're going to talk about our standout player of the last week, or, you know, in my case, a standout game.
1: So, my standout player was Devin Booker against the Chicago Bulls. I believe this was in Phoenix. And. He scored 51 points. He had four rebounds, six assists. He had a steal. Only two ton- turnovers. And why it's a standout game for me is because he was extremely efficient. Um he was 20 out of 25 for pretty much 80% shooting. 5 out of 6 from the stripe for 83%. Um 6 out of 7 from 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 distance for 85%. Um so he barely missed from anywhere. He he wasn't missing at all that day. Um I have this up there with I want to say it's it's my top Devin Booker performance. I'm not the biggest Devin Booker fan, but we all know he had that seventy point performance against what team was that, Abe? It was your team, right? Yeah. <laughs> they seventy point performance against the the Did he, Thomas, the did, did he win? Did he win against the Isaiah Thomas the third Celtics? Did he win that game? I'm, oh, I'm about to I'm about to get into it. So. Wait, no,
0: no, no! But did um, he win that? Did they even have a so, chance at winning that game? Can we so talk about
1: it? That wasn't an impressive performance because the whole team was was trying to get to score seventy points. <laughs> Jake Crowder got upset because of that. I remember, and Phoenix did not win that game, but, but Booker had seventy points. They
0: um, had no chance of winning that game at all. It was a blowout law. Well,
1: they fed they fed Booker the ball the whole game <laughs> in an attempt for him to break whatever record they wanted him to break. And if it was Kobe, he ain't break it. But anyway, but anyway, I have this fifty-one point performance. Why well, I think that's his best performance in the NBA. It's, though he scored twenty more points in the game. This 51 was against what people would consider competition and, and opposing wings like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. I don't even know who was his main assignment, but it didn't matter because it didn't like everything went in. And just in this little in this little strip of, of games, like the last time Devin Booker didn't score 20 points was November 11th. Um since then, we're talking 25, 27, 49, 20, 25, 21, 27, 44, the game before um, the 51-point performance, then 51, and then 41 in his last game against Houston. Um, Currently, as we record, the Suns are playing the, the Kings. Sorry, not the Kings. They're playing the Spurs, and he has eight points in the first quarter already, so. We'll see how that goes, but he's he's been on a scoring streak. That's what he's known to do. He's he's just known to be a a gifted scorer, a top shooting guard in this league. And I just I just felt like he was pretty efficient, um, pretty efficient in destroying the Chicago Bulls, um, on the on the thirtieth of November. It was just a really good game for him, from him and the Suns to where they really didn't even need him to finish the game, um, and and you know for them to win the game because the Bulls just didn't have a chance, so. That's my standout performance.
2: Yeah, mine's is I gotta give love to my boy
0: Zubak. Zoo. Um uh what was it? What day was that? But I- if I mention my own team's player, I'm I'm uh, okay, whatever. Then when, carry when, on, when,
2: carry on. When do I mention my people though? Carry on, no, no, carry, carry on, carry on, oh, carry on. I'm Zoo? in trouble uh when they played what was that? i think it was like the 27th or 28th of november um the 28th last sunday 20 okay okay so um he dropped a stat line of 31 points well he and he shot 14 for 17 right 29 rebounds 12 of those rebounds were offensive rebounds
1: wait wait why are you talking about Walt Chamberlain we i thought we were picking a Oh, I no. Understand. Oh, no, no. That's, that's oh. the only one
2: that, that has done these numbers, sir.
1: This was Zubac? Yeah, oh. Zubac. Oh, wow. He, he beasted.
2: Three blocks and three assists. And, and only Kareem has put up these numbers, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, he was... He <laughs> he had Miles Turner in hell. Like, that's what he was. Like, he was just fighting for his life the whole game. Um, And honestly, zo has been our most consistent player because why? The Clippers. Can't stay healthy. I don't know what the hell is going on with the Stars. I, I have no clue what's going on with them. But Zoo has literally been the most consistent and a lot of times the best player for the Clippers. Um, and I, I'm i pretty sure he still leads the league in blocks. He's just been a monster on the boards and um on the defensive end. That's why I said I really, really think um he continues with this. There's no reason why he can't be all first team uh defense or at least second team. For sure, because I know politics play a part in it. He's not a sexy name, so. But yeah, that 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 dude was a monster. And normally, I'm not like Abe, y'all. I don't, you know, just all of a sudden just talk about the random things. Like, hey, you see Tatum? He made his uh his uh 603 the other day. Like, yeah. When did I ever say that? I'm when saying that's just, that's, that's just crazy. Things, like, you just, say, it's just that, That's Like this is this was literally historical. Right, where Kareem, wow. another goat, another goat, right? That's the last person to put those type of numbers together. So, um, yeah, that that's pretty much it for my boy Zook. Just wanted to give him some love and, uh, yeah, that's that's my standout player.
0: So, Haka. so if I mention Tatum in response to doing something that Larry can, you can, you can mention in, t- uh, you can it, mention it, Tatum. That that qualifies, correct? You can mention Tatum. Tatum. What did, wait wait so what did he do that it, it, i'm that- saying can is the, that's when it's okay if he does something that surpasses something that larry bird has done
2: what does larry what has larry bird like i don't remember having crazy numbers so this must gonna be a, like a career i mean
0: it's not a, okay like, so he like needs to do points, something outside of um, or something. yeah
2: like like is
0: yeah okay. I, i'm
2: just trying to figure out did he okay All did right. he did oh. he have a 29 rebounds?
0: oh okay Right. Unfortunately, here's a crazy thing. My standout game wasn't even had had nothing to do with anything Celtics. To be honest, and and it's I said standout game because I didn't really have a standout player. It was more so a game, and that was actually the day after Zubac's 29 rebound performance between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans. At the time of that game, CJ and Brandon were both. Bi. Let me. <laughs> we, we we his mom may call him Brandon, but we call him Bi or Ingram. CJ and Ingram were out, so Zion was doing it with Trey, uh, Troy or Trey. My fault. Murphy. I apologize uh, mm-hmm. if I got your name wrong. Um, you know Jose and all of those. Y'all, this game was an exciting game to watch only because of this. You have two very youthful. You have two very young teams which are viewed in different in different lights. I mean, even talking to Sean and Jabari, I can imagine the way that they view Oklahoma City and the way that they view the Pelicans are just going to be very different, as it should be, right? Oklahoma City has a plethora of draft picks. They think they're Danny Ainge over there, and we're just wondering what they're trying to accomplish. The Pelicans, on the other hand, have all of this talent. In They have their own big three, which is Zion, B.I., and C.J., and we're expecting something out of them, right? This game actually had uh, the Pelicans fighting back to win, and it came down to the last couple of possessions where players like Herb Jones (laughs) shined bright. I don't know if anybody saw what he did versus, um, I do not know how to pronounce his last name. Oh, my God. But it starts with a P. It it's he's a he's a foreign-born player, very long lanky. Are you I'm talking
1: playing. about Poku from OKC? Just oh. call him Poku. Okay, yeah, Poku.
0: You saw what he, he did on the inbounds pass uh what uh, with Poku defending against him but when they were uh just up by, I believe, one point and it, mm-hmm. it... Yeah, I saw that point. <laughs> it's just like, yo, you do shit shit like that, that makes you a... and he hit both his free throws. we love to see it, right? Stuff like that makes you makes you uh, uh memorable at least for a game. Uh, Zion had finished with twenty three points. He didn't go absolutely crazy, you know, but he was doing everything in his power. Uh, Murphy had twenty points right beside him. You know, he was doing his thing. If I don't know if anybody recalls, but I think maybe episode two we talked about his performance where he went a perfect what yeah. seven to seven from three and whatnot. So here he is coming up sh- bright, shining up bright again while they're short-handed. Shy, on the other hand, you know, Shy had 31, but but it wasn't the most efficient 31. He shot 33% of the field, but he got to the free throw line 18 times. You know, unfortunately for Shy, you know his 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 supporting cast didn't support as much as Zion. Uh, the next best performance after him, point wise, um, was 14 points. Whereas, again, as I mentioned with Zion, he dropped 23, Murphy gave him 20, he got 15, he got 14, he got 12. Everybody was contributing, but it just went to show just how different and yet how similar these two young teams were. They played with energy. It was a very, it wasn't a boring game to watch. It definitely wasn't a boring finish, Um, but their trajectories are very different, and you can see why Uh, this Pelicans team. I, I mean, I I don't think we can say enough about just the potential of this Pelican team is high. Um, this team, if they can just get it together, if they can stay healthy on top of that too, we we could probably see some something shakes start shaking in New Orleans. You know, probably haven't seen something shakes in New Orleans since AD. Who knows?
1: Um, Everybody just needs to stay healthy, and, and they can honest, definitely do something.
0: Honestly, honestly, but. That was my standout game. That was the Thunder versus the Pelicans. The Pelicans ended up winning, I believe, 115-112, if I remember correctly. Um, That was last week, Monday. So, after our standout games and performances, to wind out, to close out the episode, we have to give our games of week eight that we're looking forward to. And I'll start us off, and then I'll give it to Bari and Sean. My game of the week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, will actually be a Milwaukee Bucks game. You know, I am a Celtics fan, but I do love me Giannis. He's the Nigerian freak when he does very well and he succeeds. So call him Nigel, i Ninja, and he knows it too. But he's also Greek. We'll leave that alone. Anyway, Milwaukee is playing Sacramento December 7th. Why is that my game of the week? One first of all, Chris Middleton is back, which is super important for the Bucks and any championship aspirations they have. But two, this will be, I believe, his third his third or fourth game back, if I if I recall correctly. So by this time he probably gets, you know, a, a couple more his his C legs. Quote unquote underneath him and whatnot. They don't have a back to back this week, so hopefully we still get this. That means that he'll still play all of the games that they play this week. They don't. Have we should.
1: We should get um Milwaukee's big three against Sacramento. So. Yeah. So they had I a back to back Lakers um Charlotte. They played the Lakers, lost, and then they rested. And they
0: beat Charlotte.
1: Yeah, but they rested everyone against Charlotte, and mm-hmm. then every every game this week split between they two days. So yep. yeah. They
0: go Orlando, Kings, Dallas, Houston, Golden State. Um, so you know the, we 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 spoke about the Kings before. The Kings have a high powered offense. They can put up points. They are averaging one hundred twenty points per game. I'm, I'm, not,
1: interested. I'm
0: interested. Yeah, I'm not pointing that, out this job. game thinking like, yo, the Kings are gonna win because honestly, since two thousand twenty, the Bucks are five and zero versus the Kings by a, and it's not small. It has always been a high-scoring affair. Minimum 120 points scored. Minimum 120 points scored. But I, I, I see this more as just another tuning-up game, and I want to see what Middleton looks like against an, a, a collective, a team that is going to put up points. I want to see, you know, because once Middleton is back, we can all stop the whole, like, oh, you know, but, but if Middleton was healthy. You no, know, the Bucks, they'd be able to do this. And I wanna see how the team that way we get no no. What if, what ifs, what is. We don't see that no more. We get to see a team with all this talent competing in the playoffs. That's what I'm here for. So right. my game of the week is Bucks Kings. The Bucks are definitely gonna win this. I I strongly believe. If they don't, then it'll probably just be more adjusting with Middleton back in the lineup. But I think it should be a, another good dub for, for the Bucks. Uh Sean. Um, well, first
2: shout out to the Kings too. I know we didn't talk about them like that, but shout out—they—they they seem to be trying to build something. Um, but my game of the week, even though some people think, you know, I hate the Celtics, or not that I hate the Celtics, but we just talk about them a lot, right? Um, Phoenix—I'm not a fan of necessarily, but I got them as my game of the week, right? Um,
0: was it Wednesday, December seventh? I just wanna say I knew that game was gonna be picked without even asking anybody because how could you not? It's the Celtics. But carry on, carry on, carry on, my friend, carry on. That's that's not the reason why I I picked them. But
2: um basically I picked because of Tatum, how he's been right, playing MVP level. Booker who's been on the tear as well. Um I think that'd be a great matchup. They actually play on ESPN. Um and I don't Williams is still out, right? Right Abe.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Um the timetable is his agent alluded that he might be back before Christmas. The team has not said anything yet, but he is starting to play more contact and whatnot. So if he does come back by Christmas, it's a possibility. But for okay. sure he'll be back January.
2: Okay. Okay. So yeah. Um, well maybe Marcus Meyer hopefully will be playing. Um, and I know I think uh What's it? Mikel Bridges for the Suns. I'm not sure if he's playing or not. I know right now he's day to day. Um and then Chris Paul's out and well he has a lot of other things going on besides besides oh. his injuries, but we're not gonna oh. go into that. Yikes. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I actually though I think that'd definitely be a good matchup. Um because Phoenix is actually really good at home. They're eleven and two at home, and Boston's seven and three. On the road, so I think that should be a, a a fun matchup. Um, yeah, to to check out basically both teams. I think Boston's still number one in the East, I think, and the Suns is is trying to um continue to move up
0: on the uh, standings. Five losses though. on the season, baby. What is that? Five losses on the season. Shout out to Cleveland for giving us two of those losses. Oh my gosh! This is why. This is why. I just gave big ups to Cleveland. They gave us two L's. This is why. crazy
2: this is why I hate picking anything Celtics. Right? <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> but as of right now, at least, Fe- now, again, it could change by the time the game is. But right now, Phoenix is the number one seed, and so is the Celtics. So you get to have that matchup. So I think it'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, that's my game of the week.
1: Abe, hey, I have a question. You said Boston has five losses, right? Mm-hmm. And five of those losses – sorry, two of those losses was against who? The Cavs. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Okay, so he my pick of the week is a game tonight. The Lakers at at Cavs. It's always mm-hmm. a it's always a sight to see um LeBron return to Cleveland and see what kind of performance he can muster up against his old team. But usually he's returning to play a depleted team. And right now he's returning to play a extremely great defensive front court in uh Jared Allen and, and Evan Mobley. And they lost you know, their
0: first matchup by fourteen.
1: Right. Six. Right. And then also like like this high powered guards in Darius Garland, Spida, um, Chris Levert. Uh it's it's just interesting because the Lakers are playing well um as of late. But if there's a team that can stop them again, like you said, they lost to them already. If there's a team that can stop them again, it would be the Cavs. Um that front court can definitely give A D problems, they can give LeBron problems, and I don't know who defensively um can contain Spider and and Darius. So my pick is it's actually going to be coming out the when this podcast releases um the 6th of December and it's the Lakers at Cavs.
0: You know the funny thing about all of this is is that we have to talk about the Celtics next episode. It is not our fault. Because we're going to review these games of course. And that's only that's only
1: one game though. It's not like we. But the Celtics, Celtics,
0: no, the Celtics are still going to.
1: Again, we're continuing the streak of. Celtics. Oh, and they get blown out. Are we still oh, on the podcast? Okay.
0: Hell yeah! If they get blown out, they deserve to take their licks
1: too. Hello. No, we'll okay, too well, up. all right. If you want to talk about the Celtics so bad, we have a game. As, I'm not. As, we, we as, about, as we, of we already picked right, the game as of I'm recording confused. as of recording um the Celtics and 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 my team played today. The Nets and the Celtics played today. The yeah. Celtics are slightly favored. Um, I don't know who they're missing besides Time Lord. Uh, the Nets, Ben Simmons is out. This should be the last game he's out. He should be reassessed soon. And Yuda Wadenambe is out. Other than that, we're healthy. So, let's we'll see what happens with that.
0: <laughs> okay, no problem. Yeah, we should, shoot. At the time of this recording, the Nets and Celtics will play each other. By the time you hear this episode, we have... Uh, we'll have the result. We'll have the result, but we'll also have... Suns and um, Celtics playing with each other. So by the time we record again, episode seven, we'll be talking about the Celtics twice. And it's not even my fault, y'all. It's not my fault. So I love that. Seven straight episodes of Celtics being brought up, spoken about. We love it at some point. I'm just going to name this the Boston Celtics podcast.
1: Nah. Uh, (laughs)
0: We'll see if I get any pushback because I I do have keys. Uh, so we'll see what happens with my access to those keys. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another episode. Bari, Sean, as you always know, it is a pleasure. Um, make sure you check out the games of the week that we have uh, suggested. Just to recap, make um, sure you
1: follow us on Twitter. Um, Broken Bari, Lowry talks. <laughs>
0: Funny thing is, y'all gonna wonder why I'm laughing, and y'all not gonna know because I cut out the last. No, nah, that's fine. But um, all right. Anyway, it's a lot so, of editing you're gonna have to do. I, you know me, I'm attention to detail. I'm gonna do it. So right. anyway, we got uh my game, which is Kings versus Bucks. uh Middleton is back, just more just to see what the Bucks continue to look like as they get Middleton more minutes and get him reacclimated to the team. We have Suns versus Celtics, uh, as proposed by Sean. We also have Cavs versus Lakers, as proposed by Le- um <laughs> Almost said by LeBron by, by Bari. <laughs> <laughs> by- <laughs> Cavs versus <laughs> Lakers by Bari. Um, could the re- the annual return, I guess, of uh Bron back home, as well as the recent string of beast games by AD versus. A really good team that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, we hope that you enjoyed the episode. If by all means share your thoughts with us on Twitter. Uh, y'all don't need my Twitter handle. Y'all have uh, Bre- uh, Brooklyn Bari's and Sean Nari's Twitter handles. Y'all don't need mine. But we look forward to the next episode where we'll talk about more Celtic stuff. Um, it'd be hilarious if they are two and zero versus the Nets and the Suns because then y'all gonna hear me say shit. But hey. I'm not the one who decided to bring it to the table. My, my co-hosts are forcing my hand. So, <laughs> y'all have a wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, happy holidays as well. Happy, you. Holidays. Really happy holidays. Happy Happy holidays.